Download, bet, win. I got to tell you, I really like the sound of that. And with WinBet, it's just that easy. From boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. So if you're in Colorado or in Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, or right here in sweet Virginia, sign up today to receive a special offer, risk-free $500 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com. Download, bet, win. And let's get after it. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or older and present in state where WinBet is available. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-270-7117. I'm going to go buzz nutter. <laughs> okay. Now, that's fair and all because that's a great name. But nobody has ever heard of Buzz Nutter. American football center in the NFL for the Baltimore Colts and the Pittsburgh Steelers. He played college football at Virginia Tech. Chris, oh, would you like to rethink your pick? Oh, <laughs> damn. Evacuation pod. I have um, fled studio mini split. Um, I'm headed back to studio J. Uh, I've stopped somewhere along the way to record this pod and I am leaving the great state of Montana ASAP because uh, forest fires are threatening to ruin the remaining seven days of my trip and largely because they're dangerous and they could burn us up. So we're going to get on the move here. Uh, in fact, we're already on the move. But I am uh, joined on Zoom by my trusty co-host, Macon. Hey, pal. A lot to digest there, including the very serious matter of forest fires. But uh, your commitment to this podcast should should not go unnoticed. Um, thanks for jumping on here. Glad we could knock one out for the people. Hey, no problem. This this uh, this podcast is going to be it's going to be combustible. It's going to be flammable. It's hot. A spark could set the whole thing off. Rancho Cucamonga, California. Hello. I don't know much about Rancho Cucamonga other than I'm pretty sure we have some, some, uh, listeners there. Uh, so hello. Uh, I know the ice cube spent some time there in next Friday. What else do you need? I play for a basketball team called the Rancho Cucamonga cracker killers. <laughs> or he coached them. I don't remember the details there, but whenever I think about Rancho Cucamonga, I think maybe it's a bad place for me to go. Does anybody know anything about Rancho Cucamonga? Is it actually a place where they just kill us? It's located just south of the foothills of the San Gabriel Mountains in Angeles National Forest in San Bernardino County, California, United States. See, oh. it sounds so beautiful and idyllic, and then you show up there and they just leave like a crumbled saltine. What was on the evacuation playlist as you headed out of town? Uh, well, I, I wasn't playing it, but it is James Hetfield's birthday your today um enter sandman is uh is the song it's by a band called metallica uh of whom james hetfield 
leads. He is the front man, as they call it. And I think we're going to make this the official entrance music of the Green Light Pot. We're not going to change our 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 our, our Tomcat, McKinley Morganfield, Muddy Waters. But like unofficially, I think we just slide this in as our official heavy metal intro song to the Green Light Pot. I don't know of anywhere else that uses this song with regularity or plays it traditionally. So I think we're safe there. I can't think of anything else, at least not nothing relevant. Nah, it's got a good thump to it. Exit light, enter night. Maybe we could just play it as we walk into Studio J. It, it, it's got that vibe. I'm surprised no other entity has has used it as their own. Yeah, I think it's ours. Uh, it's safe to say. Definitely nowhere else in the in the great state of Virginia that, that they play this music uh, repetitively. What What's the exit light thing mean? I've always wondered that. Okay, so you got exit light, enter night. Exit light is like uh, oh, you turn okay, the lights it. off. Always- Okay. Have you always kind of ascertained that as you listen to this? Yeah, I think I had a good handle on that one. Yeah, I, 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 uh, I never knew, I never quite knew the words. Exit light and tonight. Enter night. I always thought it was and tonight. Exit light, enter night. Take my hand. That's kind of a tight line there, dude. We're off to Never Never Land. I see why that song slaps so (laughs) hard. I mean, that's a bar. I had no idea. I was always like, yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense, but okay. Sleep with one eye open, gripping your pillow tight. Yeah, I know that one. Okay. Uh, James Hetfield, son of an opera singer and a truck driver. That is an incredibly, incredibly unique cross. And that's the only way you get a band like Metallica. I feel like he's going to hunt me down for using the, uh, the audio whether it's five seconds of it or however much we can legally run read. But uh, James, if you're listening, we're sorry, James, you're welcome to send us your Venmo. We are offering to pay to make this the, uh, the official heavy metal open of the, uh, the green light pod. Uh, But if you don't reach out, I guess that means you've given us your blessing to use it as much as we'd like. We'll get you two balloons for your birthday, a five and an eight. 58. Wow. Speaking of birthdays, you know, you think about people that when they get older, they're going to make you feel old. I don't know how Tom Brady hasn't made me feel old yet. He's 43. You're today. Happy birthday, Tom Brady. James Hetfield be one of those guys. Like, you know, when he turns 60, I mean, he's basically there. You're going to be like, oh, fuck, the guys from Metallica are 60. Yeah, that's wild. And Tom turns 44. You're today. He's 43. Our today. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He turns 44, which is much different than 43. George I mean, Blanda, point five percent longer of a life. Blanda retired at forty-eight. Does Tom get there? I'm gonna say no. I think he rides off in the sunset in two years. I, I give him. Uh, I think if he wanted to, he could play four more. But I think it, in two years, Giselle's gonna talk some sense into him, and he's gonna he's gonna ride off into the sunset hey, in his pirate ship. Speaking of the NFL, as first reported on the Green Light Pod, Aaron Rodgers will be quarterbacking the Green Bay Packers in 2021. Holy shit. Aren't you so glad that saga's over? Some, like There were so many tweets that were like, and just like that, I was like, just like what, dude? There's nothing that has happened over the past three and a half months. We've just talked about it repeatedly uh, and, and parsed it from every angle. I mean, here's the deal. The best chance for him to win this year is Green Bay. Uh, out of those teams we discussed. I think he knows that. I think it sucks that they haven't treated him well. And I think he got what he wanted out of it. 
which was, I think he wanted to chin check his, uh, his occupational oppressors and he did. And, uh, back to business as usual. Got Randall Cobb to show for it. Boy, all that for Randall Cobb. Like, can you imagine like fighting a war for Randall Cobb? Yeah. I really like Randall Cobb. You know, Oh my gosh, dude, you used to give me shit all the time because when I talk about Houston and their weapons, which you were right about, it, it weren't, but I used to go, ah, they weren't so bad. They're not so bad. They got guys like, and I'd list a guy. And then the second guy I'd list would be Randall Cobb and you would make fun of me. But evidently there's nothing funny about R Randall Cobb because Aaron Rodgers just went scorched earth on the whole state of Wisconsin, essentially for Randall Cobb. I was right. The guy's a fucking baller. You were right. He was like, I'm going to get married. I'm going to be a professional yoga. E I'm going to, Yogi. I'm going to go to Denver. I'm going to do a number of things unless Jeopardy. Let's not. I'm going to host Jeopardy unless you get me five foot ten, four foot six running ass, 30 year old Randall Cobb. <laughs> but Bro. he's going to be open as hell just beyond the line of scrimmage every single play for the Packers coming up. I don't know. This is stop the Randall Cobb hate. They fought a war over Randall Cobb, bro. They fought a war over Randall Cobb. Should we go good, bad, ugly? Let's do it. Little look ahead here. Ugly is going to be all about Ryan Russillo, so I know you're going to be excited about that. The two go hand in hand. Okay. Can't wait to hear from Rye Guy. Let's start with good. Janoris Jenkins, formerly. Janoris Jenkins. I don't know if he changed this thing on his birth certificate, but... Uh, it looks like his name is now Jack Rabbit Jenkins on the Tennessee Titans uh, website and subsequently the program because I don't think they even hand out real programs anymore. Actually, they do. I used to save like the programs because when you get in, in a visiting locker room, like they put the, the game day program in your locker every time. And like I remember my rookie year, I took like the first four and then realized that I wasn't organized to keep uh, as many as I would probably collect over the years. So they still have programs. Janoris Jenkins' name is now Jack Rabbit Jenkins. I think it's beautiful. I think what he's doing with that is legendary. And I would, I don't want to, I guess I would say, I, I, I want to throw this one out there. Is this an all-time NFL name, if we're considering this his real name? If you went to the trouble of getting it officially changed, then yeah, it's an all-timer. Janoris Jenkins itself wasn't so bad but if your name is actually jackrabbit see uh, i'm struggling with that this is like when a beautiful woman gets a like some sort of procedure done and you're like i oh, don't do that and it's actually better i don't know how he made it actually better but he did janoris jenkins was a top five type name jackrabbit jenkins is a name you build around like jackrabbit jenkins is a cornerstone name it's just too far away from being a real name for me. It's too much nickname, but he's not messing around. He said, when y'all were calling me Janoris, I almost got upset. I've been going by Jackrabbit since I entered the league. So I, it's, it's too nicknamey for me. I think there's some other NFL names out there that are just scintillating and, and they were given at birth. Credit to Jackrabbit for going to this trouble, but I don't know if I would qualify it as uh as a real deal Holyfield all-time NFL name. 
I think it's the Megan Fox of names. I mean, like you didn't think Megan Fox could get much better looking. She, she had certain procedures done. Everybody held their breath collectively. And here she is five years later walking down the road with machine gun Kelly. Have you seen machine gun Kelly and Megan Fox together? Do you know who machine gun Kelly is? No. And this father of a daughter doesn't objectify women and hold. I'm not objectifying. I'm, I'm, I don't uh, hold my breath when a woman goes under the knife to see if her procedure is going to make her look better or worse. It's all about what's on the inside for me. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, Machine Gun Kelly is on the inside and that bodes well for a guy <laughs> like look, look at look at Machine Gun Kelly's build. My man is tall and slim. He's just like you, bro. He's just like you. If you just got a bunch of tattoos, you know, you're happily married. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Six foot four on this uh, Colson Baker, aka Machine Gun Kelly. What's the What's the height and weight on Machine Gun Kelly? Six four. I don't see a weight. Uh, Thirty one years of age, so a younger cat, born in Houston, Texas. Uh, if I'm guessing at the weight, yeah, maybe a one eighty. You're way more uh, Machine Gun Kelly than Devontae Smith. I know we did the the NFL player comp, but I think you're more Machine Gun Kelly than, than Devontae Smith, which bodes well do in you this know, situation. Do you know how I'm getting to 100 push-ups these days? I know you've asked for, for updates. Yeah, there. how are those going? Yeah, going well. I do 17, and then I take a few seconds, and then I do 16, so that's 33 right there. And wow. then I'll go and do something else, and then another 17 and 16, 33, that's 66. Go Any do something reason. else. 17, 16, I'm at 99. But when I get to 99, I can get over that hump. I do a few more to get over. I, I do like 102 usually. Just so you, to make sure. you rig it so you end at 99. Yeah, just the 17 and 16, Some it feels right to me. Doing 25 times, that feels like a lot. But the 17, it, it, 16, it three different sets, easy. It's cake. Machine Gun Kelly is doing 25 at a time and look how his life's going. Your life's going awesome too. My life's going awesome too, but like, hey, shout out to Machine Gun Kelly, but really shout out to Megan Fox and we were talking about Jackrabbit Jenkins name. I, I put him up there with the elites. So I guess the question is who has the best name in NFL history? Um, you can tell it's August, uh, but fuck it. We're going to draft best names in NFL history. But fuck it indeed, Chris. I'm on uh, <laughs> I'm on a random number generator. Let's bring in the cowboy to this draft. I'm on random number generator on google.com on my Let's try cowboy read on this one more time. Yeah, a lot of trust here. 2012 MacBook Pick Pro. Pick a number between 300 and 400 read. <laughs> I'm going away from read. Uh, <laughs> number between 1 and 30 and I'm going to hit the thing. Go ahead and pick a number, Chris. Uh 27. I'll say 11. Cowboy? 39. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. 17. Okay. I hit the thing. The number is 18. Uh, wow, Cowboy. Cowboy with the first pick. I'm second closest. Chris will go 3-4. All right, Reed, you're up. All-time NFL name list. All-time NFL name list. I am taking Frosty Rucker. Fuck. That's a good pick. That's a solid pick. I like that pick a lot. Pick was on my list. Yeah, guy. Uh, yeah, he's on everybody's list. We all had the same list. Persian <laughs> bubble. Well, no, I, I made a big board, Chris. You know, I'm a big board guy now. 
sort of. I know you are. I know you are. Uh, People wait with bated breath for your big boards. Frosty Rucker is a defensive end. I don't think he plays anymore. Does he? I mean, he played forever. Frosty Rucker played for 20 years, bro. No, he last played in, um, looks like 2017 in the NFL. He in 2018, he signed with the Raiders. Yep. With the Cardinals in 2017. Went to college at USC, USC. 21 and a half sacks uh, in the NFL as of 2018. Fuck, the dude was there forever. He, he always, that name, I think of a, an angry snowman, like literally one of those angry <laughs> snowmans they put various places. I can't think of anywhere they put those, but you can, you know, the guy with the squiggly line mouth that's like an evil snowman. I don't know where I'm getting that from, but that's a badass name, especially when it's snowing, like snow games. That guy loves them. We'll go five deep here. With the second overall pick, I select Jack Youngblood. Fuck you. <laughs> Look, part of being a good drafter is knowing who you're drafting against, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm a big Jack Youngblood guy. What can I say? Uh, uh, what can you say? Regardless of picking right ahead of you. Wore the number 85. Wore that beautiful blue and gold. 14 years in the NFL for the LA Rams. Formerly... Uh, on the back wall of Studio J. You're up yeah, with the third to. and fourth picks. I'm going to go Buzz Nutter. <laughs> okay. Now, that's fair and all because that's a great name, but nobody has ever heard of Buzz Nutter. American football center in the NFL for the Baltimore Colts and the Pittsburgh Steelers. He played college football at Virginia Tech. Chris, oh, would you like to uh, rethink your pick? <laughs> oh, damn. Born February 16th, 1931 in Summersville, West Virginia. He was a center and a linebacker. <laughs> drafted in 1953, round 12, pick 136. That is a terrible name to have if you can't finish the job at 1 a.m. <laughs> outside a bar in... in uh, Blacksburg. In Baltimore, circa 1956. You're in the back of a... I don't know. What's an old car that Buick Skylark can't finish the job. Your name's Buzz Nutter. That's brutal. Nobody's heard of Buzz Nutter. Are you, are you okay taking somebody nobody's ever heard of? I feel like you're hating on my pick. He's got a wiki. I am. I, Hey, if you can sleep at night with Buzz Nutter, be my guest. Am I, am I up again? Is that how this works? That's right. Okay. Frosty records off the board. Um, you're going to have trouble getting to five, aren't you? (laughs) I sure am. Recapping the top three. <laughs> Guys, recapping the top three at number four. Oh, that's funny. I'll go fair hooker. Dude, this is unbelievable. Never what, heard of her. What I said b- before we started was just don't take fair hooker, happy feller. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's a total make and move. We all have the same list of names, and he's able to tell us who we can and can't take at the beginning <laughs> okay. of the draft. Okay. Barry Hooker, American football wide receiver in the NFL, played for the Cleveland Browns, drafted in 1969, the fifth round. Played college football at Arizona State. 129 career receptions for 1,845 yards and eight touchdowns. <laughs> played five years in the NFL. Look at his football NFL. card. The guy's name's Fair Hooker. He took serious pictures with that name. I totally respect the fact that he had no choice, but like people change, change their name for, for, for less. He's expensive, but he's fair. You're going to get, you're going to get exactly what's advertised out of that transaction. Fair hooker. 
number two pick. Okay, one, two, three, four. At five overall, my second pick, I feel like his name is is a bit too commonplace, but still, I, I just love it. I love it even, even because of his uh, full name, not just the nickname. I'm going to go Ha Ha Clinton Dix. His mm. full name is Hashan Treshan Clinton Dix. So either way, if you want to say Ha Ha is not given, fine. I'll, I'll take Hashan Treshan Clinton Dix. Uh, now of the Dallas Cowboys, do I have that right? Or are we back with Green Bay? Not Dallas Cowboys anymore. He last visited the Panthers mandatory minicamp on June 15th, 2021. Damn. Wow. We're not even... Joke's on us. Round one in 2014. Let's go. Ha ha. Did you get it? Reads up. Oh, I get it. With, uh, what is it? Pick number six. I'm taking Wonder Mons. He played one season with the San Francisco 49ers. Preach. Drafted by the Pittsburgh Steelers in the fourth round of the 1976 NFL draft. That's Wonder Mons. W O N D E R. M O N D S. You also won the Grey Cup in 1976. Oh, well, that changes uh, everything. Yeah. yeah. Ottawa Rough Riders. You're coming back at seven. You want to pick somebody you know who's on the he, You know who also spent some time on the Rough Riders? Uh, facts? Bear Hooker. All right, am I up? No, no Cowboy I Reed. I am. And mm. I am taking Ebenezer Ecubon. Okay. okay. Also a good player. Good player. Defensive end, played for the Cowboys, Browns, and Denver Broncos. Played college football at North Carolina. He's the first Ghanaian to play in the NFL. Probably Ghanaian. Ghanaian? Maybe probably. not. Probably. Uh, almost certainly. Certainly. Okay. Um, Finished with 36 and a half sacks. Ebenezer well, Ekubon. I don't think he's done. To be continued for double E. Um, it's, make, my, it's my pick. I'm going with the Utah Ute. Chris Fuamatu Ma'afala. Oh, that's good. Fullback. Uh, I guess that means I'm up. I, I think I'll take Happy Feller. <laughs> he was a kicker. <laughs> and he looked mean as snot in his picture. Uh, Happy Feller played in like the 40s. I'll take him. I mean, you can't help but smile. You're up again. When you draft a guy like Happy Fella. Making a mockery of this serious draft. Am I? Buzz Nutter, Fair Hooker, and Happy Feller? Yeah, I should say so. The, the point of the fucking draft is that these guys have cool names. <laughs> That's fair. I don't actually, Fair Hooker is not the best name. Once once I took Jack Yumblog, you were ready to, to, yeah. to torch this draft. Oh, yeah, I was. Okay, you're up. Oh, I'm up again? Yep. All right, this is a tough one, but um, here's the point in the draft where I take people off the board. I'm taking Philip Supernaw off my big board, although I really like his name. They can still be picked by others. I know. I'm just telling you he's off my big board. And, of course, Guy Wimper is a great name yep. because Guy Wimper, like if, if that's your name, like you have an advantage over the defensive end because he was a tackle. Um, and if I go out there and get like blocked by Guy Wimper, like it's a high stakes proposition for me. So guy whimper, sorry, but you're off the big board. Number four, I'm going Earthwind Moreland. His parents loved Earthwind and fire so much uh, that they named him Earthwind without a space in between earth and wind. 
and I want you, I want you to do something for me, Reed, without butchering the date. This is a bit of a project for you. Uh, I want you to go back and look at his September 21st, uh, splits. I bet you that guy played lights out on September 21st, especially night games. Do you remember when it first September? I guess everybody in here is white as fuck. My fourth pick is Captain Munnerlin. Captain, sure. But underrated here is Munnerlin. <laughs> Born in the year 1988 in Mobile, Alabama. Captain Munnerlin went to South Carolina. Played for the Carolina Panthers for a while. Now uh, was a Buffalo Bill a couple years back. <laughs> Captain Munnerlin is on my squad. The Cowboys on the clock. Can I say something? I feel like... When you hear somebody saying that name, who are you hearing? Captain Munnerlin. Captain Munnerlin. I'm hearing Al Michaels all day. I feel like Al Michaels said his name a ton. Really got off on saying his name in prime time for Rightfully a few years. So. There. Rightfully so. Captain Munnerlin. I wish I could imitate Al Michaels. Yeah, that was uh, pretty poor. Not that close. Yeah. You do it. Well, that's overwhelming. There's a reason they pay for the big bucks. You can't imitate them. Reed. Reed's up to something back there. I keep hearing sounds. Yeah, he's typing away. He's talking to his area scouts. I'm taking former New England Patriot tight end yeah, Michael Nui. Who man? University of Illinois, drafted by the St. Louis Rams. Used to have Kava Hour with with who man? Used to sit in the hotel room. You guys might not know what Kava is. It's like a root drink. In fact, I don't really know what Kava is, but I used to drink the fuck out of it. And I used to have Kava Hour with CJIU and uh, who man? So great pick, great C dude, C great CJIU might yeah. not be such a bad pick. And my next pick, I am taking former Virginia Cavalier Razai Dowling. Oh. Thought you might go with the brick if you're going UVA. Rossi, okay. The brick is a great name because if you think about DeBrigashaw Ferguson, there's like a few guys that were on this list. Brick is a great offensive lineman name, right? It's probably a better linebacker name, but it's a really good offensive line name. Will Shields, you know, never really thought about that. That guy's job is literally to protect people. Same thing with uh, Nikel Roby Coleman and Quentin Jammer. Yeah, Quentin Jammer is on my short list right here with my final pick. I don't remember if he could play press. Yeah, not really factoring into my decision so much. <laughs> Prince of Mukamara, if, if he had maybe eh, not great memory, memories with the G-Men, with, with uh, the Prince. Ooh, Lawyer Malloy is there. Lincoln Kennedy, who went to Washington. Hmm. University of Washington? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's interesting. I know you're doing a play on uh, presidential President. names. That's right. Uh, I will go. I will go. I will God, bypass. I love presidents, huh? I will bypass Peerless Price, outstanding. Bronco Nagurski. And I'll go with the law firm, Ben Jarvis Green Ellis. Oh, nice. Nice. Good pick. Deep Thank in the you. draft, getting that pick. Thank you. Man, it's a layup for me, dude. Um, I played with him, the Garrett Blunt. Especially when I stood next to him and it said Long Blunt, that was always fun. There was a team there that I was on where you could stand next to one guy and it could be Long Cox, 
You could stand next to another guy. It'd be long blunt. He used to put Josh sweat in the, in the mix there with me and Fletch. There are so many combinations and long blunt was one and just the Garrett blunt on his own. Yeah. I'm pretty sure the, the, the guy for uh Boise state eons ago felt like he got hit in the face with a long blunt. I'll never forget that. And we didn't know that LG would turn out to, to be this, I would assume two time Super Bowl champion. It was just the cat who was hitting the cat. He was a cat that was hitting the cat. And he was a guy that I was like, man, ah, you know, I should have realized at the time that the guy probably said something that warranted it, but I was like, man, that guy seems pretty, <laughs> pretty impulsive. Uh, but he turned out to be one of my favorite teammates of all time. And, uh, and a, a jovial character, not the type that just runs around punching people in the face, which makes the guy in Boise look even more questionable to me. I'm sure you are all clamoring for a recap of this fire draft. The Cowboy went with Frosty Rucker, Wonder Mons, Ebenezer Ecubon, Michael Hooman, Rossi Dowling. I went Jack Youngblood, Haha Clinton Dix, Chris Fuamatu Ma'afala, Captain Munnerlyn, Ben Jarvis Greenellis. And C Long went Buzz Nutter, Fair Hooker, <laughs> Happy Feller, Earthwind Moreland, and LeGarrette Blunt. I mean, I think I, think, <laughs> I, I, I hate to tell you, but the line's two touchdowns right now. <laughs> you, uh, you committed to the bit to such a degree that I think you might have, uh, your dumb tactics might have won you that draft. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was real funny when you. Drafted like my hero and personal friend, Jack Youngblood. Alrighty, that draft caps the uh, Jackrabbit Jenkins portion of the show. Some good for me. I've been watching some excellent television. It began with the NBA draft. We'll talk to Ryan a bit about that. Three, four other shows, some completed, some ongoing for me. All Creatures Great and Small, The White Lotus, Starstruck, and Ted Lasso. Chris, any of those pique your interest? So none of them pique my interest, uh, per se. Um, listen for a little bit there. I was, I was with you on white Lotus. And then I realized it was just going to be like a thing about how vacationers suck. And I do go on vacations and also like being a vacationer and in interfacing with people who are in the service industry. I always feel like an asshole, just like inconveniencing people. And I'm very, meek and timid when it comes to like asking for things on vacation. And I feel like if I watch this, I'm going to feel even more in my head when I'm at a resort. So dude, you can make fun of me for the other ones. And I know our tastes don't usually align, but this show might be the best show there is period. It's okay. a, it's a social satire, dark humor. Something's going to go wrong. We don't know. We're four episodes in HBO is releasing them once a week, which we can get into later. But Steve Zahn, Stifler's mom might be just like the best actor in the world. She's amazing in this. Steve Zahn's kid, incredible. Alexandra Dodorio, Dodario, however you want to say it, incredible. It's uh, I laugh out loud, and I'm not a laugh out loud guy. I laugh out loud multiple times throughout every episode. Uh, Armand, the guy who's running the place, uh, it's sensational. Good, good. I'm glad that five minutes into your review, you started listing non-white actors and actresses. Mm. You're just like the vacationers. Uh, Natasha I, Rothwell, who plays Belinda, is excellent. 
Yeah, keep it going. I the, listen. This show has a shot, dude. Maybe. It's awesome. It's awesome. Okay, okay. Now the first one about the 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 vet um, back in medieval times. I it's beautiful countryside. Yeah, wherever they filmed, it's great. Everybody's smoking pipes. Too uplifting. I don't believe it, especially in that time period because everybody lived to forty three. They knew it and they smelled and everybody's smiling the whole time. It's it's not cute or funny to me. No chance. I watched this show. Oh, no, 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 no chance. I did not think that you would like James Harriet's adventures as a veterinarian in 1930s Yorkshire, a seven-part series based on the beloved books, All Creatures Great and Small. But exciting newcomer Nicholas Ralph does make his television debut as the iconic vet who became renowned for his inspiring humor, compassion, and love of life. Yeah, I'll pass. You tell me how the animals do. What's the third one again? Some live, some die. Uh, Starstruck. No, no, Starstruck. Starstruck. Oh, the animals, some live, some die. I thought that was the name of the third show. (laughs) That's not a bad name. Yeah. Now we're talking. That's a good name. Uh, Yeah. How about it? Some live, some die. Now we just have to think about the the show. Yeah. Um, This this other show, man, I I don't think so. I, I don't think so. It feels like sex in the city. Nothing against it, but no i think the the what i'm taking away from this is that trailers aren't doing such a good job of both telling the story pulling you in etc because that's not what this is i'm not a trailer guy i struggle with trailers yeah and you struggle really getting off the ground with actually watching shows it seems like but this is this is uh rose matafeo a, a kiwi comic she's written it she's great a master of none feel to it Fleabag. Like it's got the, a little fleabag to it. Witty, oh, sure, funny. Sure, and uh, sure. then, of course, we round out the group with Ted Lasso, which is, I think, two episodes into the second season. Yeah, everybody, uh, what's it called when you're dragged? Everybody dragged me on the internet for not knowing that they're releasing it one week at a time, and now I got a pony up four ninety nine every single month to Apple Plus. Whatever. Ted Lasso, I thought, I thought with some distance, maybe it was just too corny and 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 it and it hit us at a special time not a special time it hit us at a really bad time a really good time having trouble trying to describe the pandemic and what a good tv show did for it i thought maybe it wasn't as good as i remembered that's not true it's still as good very wholesome so you're not gonna like it very no, wholesome. i might like it i might yeah. like it i think i might like it i'm gonna watch it this week thursday we're gonna be back in the studio jay and we're gonna really do this thing we're gonna break down ted lasso People have been waiting. I mean, I've been trying my hardest. There was a forest fire this weekend. So like before, didn't have the password, that sort of thing. Mm. This weekend, forest fire. So there's been a, a whole lot of reasons that I haven't watched the show and I'll take advantage of of some time on the airplane. Hans Kraus. Yeah, Hans Kraus is good news. This isn't a good, it's in the good. This guy, I sent you the video on this cat. This guy is, uh, he was, a double a pitcher he's a young dude he was with the rangers the phillies said we got to go out and get this guy because he literally in the middle of his windup does like a hip thrust he does like one pump he also has like a shoulder shimmy as well that he said he got from uh watching i think he got one of his moves from dice k he got another one from somebody else he's got three different variations of his windup he looks like he's being an asshole, but he's taking it dead serious. I mean, he's trying to mow cats down with these kind of, you know, there's spitball pitchers. Well, not anymore. Knuckleball pitchers, like people with quirks. This guy is quirky as hell. 
in his delivery. And he seems like an interesting guy. He's got neck tats. He looks like he lives in Fishtown in Philly. If he ever makes the bigs, which you will, um, because he's got sauce, he's going to live in Fishtown with Connor Barwin and all the other hipsters. His IG, his Twitter says, nothing is impossible. The word itself says, I'm possible. I got to think of some contradicting examples of that, the way he manipulated that deal. Hey, Cowboy Reed, do you, are you, do you recall who Dice K is? Um, I was just trying to remember, is that? Well, if you use the internet, that doesn't count. I did not use the internet, but I'm using it now because I don't want to. Dice K Matsuzaka. That, I didn't want to mistake any uh, names, but now I do remember. Yes, Macon. All right. Well, that was, that was a little game we called Does Reed Know? (laughs) And I passed. Flying colors. Uh, I've never liked a Hans before. I don't think uh, I did like a book written by a Hans Rosling, and I've forgotten what the name Ooh, of the book was. But book reader flex. Yeah, no, I read like three my whole life. That's one of them. Um, but yeah, I think I think I'm on board with this Hans. I'm hoping he gets called up to the bigs, and I hope we go to see him in, uh, in we go see him in Philly. He he might be our next Yerman Mercedes. I mean, did Yerman retire? Yerman did retire, and then he uh, he came back. Fortunately, forest fires, forest fires. Yeah, yeah. Hans is a skinny guy too. Skinny guys making a renaissance. Yeah, Machine Gun Kelly, you, Hans. Um, also, we don't like the word skinny. Did you notice over like over your week off that I was getting body shamed a lot? We did you? I know you didn't listen to the pod. I did a whole bit on this. Do you think the word skinny is like a negatively connotative word? Yes, I do. I do too. That's yeah. what I'm saying. I think we're on to the main event, Chris. The bad for you. Obviously, I was wrong about Carson Wentz. I don't know if I ever made the. I, you guys tell me. I probably made the claim that he's not injury prone before. Yeah, you did. Okay, uh, he is injury prone. I mean, like, listen. At this point, when when you get to Indy and this is your big opportunity and i love carson but you know like this is another bad luck thing for him guys don't decide to get injured here okay so being injury prone is not a decision but at this point yeah i mean i i I would concede that and anytime i have argued against him being injury prone before uh i was wrong except for in the case of when people said that he got a concussion so therefore he was injury prone which makes no sense that's a separate kind of injury when you're talking about soft tissue or structural um that's a brain injury uh but otherwise, like this stuff, you know, the knee, the back, the the foot, um, you know, whatever it is, year to year, he's had to deal with a lot. And uh, he's going to miss f- five to 12 weeks now because of surgery in Indy. Um, and one of the most interesting byproducts of this conversation is Philly. We talked a lot about what their pick would be as a result of him heading to Indy, to Nap City. Uh, the capital that they that they gave up or, or that they received and giving up uh, Carson Wentz is now not looking so hot because he was supposed to play 75% of the snaps for that to be a first-round draft pick um, that they're getting back or 70% and the Colts make the playoffs. So effectively, and we've talked about this before, Howie Roseman sitting there in his office, if he's hoping that Carson stinks it up, or gets injured, um, you know, but not 
for very long, like we're well into that. We're, we're well past that threshold. Like at this point, the Eagles are going to own a second rounder because of uh, giving up their franchise quarterback and Carson Wentz because he's going to miss five to 12 weeks, which is a big range. And you don't know what happens. And that calls into question what the Colts are going to do, because if he's going to miss five weeks, maybe you do, you know, roll the dice with Jacob Eason and the Jacob Eason era has begun. But if he's going to miss 12 weeks, then you go out looking for hired help. And I know a guy. Hmm. I mean, hmm. Hmm. I just feel like this this uh this saga will never end. I mean, the Foles, Reich, uh Wentz triangle, it never closes. Um this is uh this has become a bit at this point. And it's not funny, but it's a bit. And you know, Nick Foles, who with everything that happened to him and everything that he did last year in Chicago, sitting up there masked in front of Chicago media at camp talking pretty openly about like the prospects of him being traded. And he's way less hush hush than I think he would have been about what were evidently a couple of passes teams made at him. He's saying, Hey, listen, those weren't the right times when I was asked to be traded uh, or, or people made a run at me this off season. I don't go places for no reason. I only go places when there's a real reason to go there. If there's a, if there's a purpose, if, if this is going to work out for me, and uh, I don't want to talk about those other opportunities I had because it wasn't the time, but I'm going to talk at length about Frank Reich, about myself with Frank Reich and how I might be able to um, help the Indianapolis Colts and how I love Carson and I support Carson. He'll bounce back. But Frank Reich knows who I am. You know who I am. It's a two minute know clip. Who I am. It's a two minute clip. And he says that Frank Reich understands him three times. He understands me. He understands me. He understands me. He also says, I'm a Chicago bear right now. He follows that up later with right now. I'm a Chicago bear. That was the classiest way to say like, Hey, ship me to my old uncle, Frank. I mean, like that was the classiest, most like he's Nick Foles is a genius here. And he's also legit. Like this is who he is, but he's able to say what he said without looking like an asshole. I've never granted. I've uh, I spent about thirty seconds with the fellow, nicest guy you could ever run into. It. Why wouldn't he be? Four a.m. after he's won the Super Bowl, but he was yeah, he's fired up. And then he says, if if you don't do right by me, I'll keep slinging it up with these third stringers, and we're going to dice them up. He's uh, incredible clip. I don't know that anybody else can pull it off like that. You make the trade just for that clip. And like the internet tells me that right now they're talking about our new friend, Moonshine Minshew or, uh, or, or, or Nick Foles, BDN. Um, you know, we're doing a side-by-side on a lot of these sites with graphics to say like, this is what the Colts could, you know, would have to give up to get player X and player Y, of course, in this situation, Minshew and Foles. Well, the internet tells me that it's going to cost a lot more to get Minshew than it is to get Foles. I got to make a determination here out of the two of them. I'd rather have Foles considering the context. I know I died on this hill last year a little bit when I said, oh, it's going to work out nicely uh, in, in Chicago because of the, the Kansas City system crossover, um, the relationship with some of the coaches there in Chicago. And it didn't work out. It worked out in flashes. It worked out at the end of that, that Atlanta game. 
um, when they benched Mitch Trubisky for the first time, and then it started not working out. But that doesn't deter me from going right back to the well. I think if you're Indy, you make this trade, not only for your football team, but for the sanity of football fans everywhere. We need this saga to continue. We need it. And the most beautiful thing is it's not going to be occurring in Philly, but it kind of is at the same time because people are going to be watching that pick, which at this point is almost certainly a two. So the drama that's going to come out of this, like, listen, I hate seeing my buddy hurt. Um, you know, it, it's I'm rooting for Carson. He's a good dude. Um, I, I would argue all the points at this point. I would I, I would not argue against somebody who's saying he's injury prone because at this point, this profile has been has been well established and, um, you know, leave the concussion out of it. And, you know, I hope nobody's listening saying he's going back on the concussion thing. I mean, everything I said that day. Um, but otherwise, yeah, he's built a, a reputation at this point for himself. And as you look at Carson Wentz, he's going to have to come back and play really well to rebound and for him to play really well, they're going to have to be in a really good position, which means they're, they're going to need a good quarterback they can't just roll the dice unless Frank knows something I don't with Jacob Eason. Uh, I think Foles is worth a kick in the tires, a six-round pick. That's what Pro Football Focus tells me. You need a six for, for Foles. You need a four and a six for Minshew. I think based on that, even if the scenarios were flipped, like think of how quickly Nick Foles is going to catch up to what's going on there. And think about the positive kind of – the confirmation bias – that that kind of fate is going to have because you got Nick in the building, you got Frank in the building and you've got Carson in the building. There's only one thing that can happen. Everybody in the building knows what's going to happen. And if it doesn't happen, something I think um, has to be terribly wrong. They're going to make a run. And then Nick Foles is going to exit stage left and Carson is going to come save the day. Uh, and, and he's going to reverse BDN uh, Nick Foles. Indy, 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 Indy. That's They're gonna, gonna have a statue of Carson outside the stadium, and he's gonna be the he's gonna be the guy that saves the day. This is gonna be a reverse Foles situation. Foles is gonna get into the playoffs, and Carson's gonna come back in and uh, and win him a Super Bowl. I'm not serious about this. I'm saying you could imagine what it would be like if that happened. Be hell for me. I'll tell you that much right now. What if I told you there's a cat out there, 37 TDs in his career to 11 picks? Would that interest you at all? Uh, would that be a guy who got blackballed by the NFL for talking about police brutality? How many TDs? Nope. He, had, he had more TDs than that, didn't he? That's correct. 37 to 11. It is Gardner Minshew. Isn't that wild, though? 37 touchdowns to 11 picks? Yeah, it's wild. Is he taking a lot of shots downfield? Like, I, I love the guy, but, you know. Completing 63% of his passes through his career. I'm just saying, I, I, think, uh, I, I think he's for whatever reason, better than you think. Um, there are a few other names. Jimmy Garoppolo, go back and get Jacoby Brissett back in the fold. He's in Miami. Marcus Mariota. Hey, Phillip Rivers in Alabama, coaching high school ball. Let's run it back. But if there is a spot for Nick Foles, yeah, you got to think it's with Frank Reich. And it stinks for Carson. I wonder how that post-op meeting went. It's like, hey, the football season's five weeks away, and I've got good news. Could be five weeks for you. Yeah, yeah. Or it could be 12. 
I, I'm not positive how long the outlook on this is. You have to know more about the injury. And even then everybody heals differently, but um, considering that things always take longer than fans expect, even if the player's back on the field, you don't often know how much that's affecting that player. Like, you know, that's one of the reasons I hate timelines and ranges, because if he comes back on the back end, that very well might be, exactly where he needs to be but everybody sees the five and that's pressure for a carson or whomever is hurt because all your fans that you care about know what the front end uh prognostication is so like it's a it's a tough situation the range doesn't help carson um but what it does do is uh, it creates a need for somebody. Now, I don't know if that that has any effect on the leveraging of making this trade. You know, like maybe the 5 to 12 helps Indy, you know, say, well, conceivably, we could have him back week one. We don't need Nick Foles that bad, you know? Leverage. Um, yeah, leverage is the name of the game in the NFL. But I would venture to guess it's going to be closer to 12 for Carson. Uh, and, and he should take his time and that's a good football team. And I, I like Nick Foles. I mean, yeah, fucking fool me twice. AFC South also Julio Jones, Julio Jones has had some injury concerns as well. So a lot of the blockbuster arrivals, they're raining on the parade, so to speak in that, in that conference, the football gods division rather. Okay. I got a bad for you. Potentially life's going pretty well. Um, I have a lot to be thankful for more than that. Uh, there's just been a lot of, um, a lot of milestones in the last couple of years, including the birth of my daughter that have, um, given a whole lot of meaning to my life, a greater meaning. So my stepmother with whom I am very close and talk to or see most every day sends me a text message out of the blue this week. It's a link to an article. The article is titled, how a meaningless life can make you truly happy. This is out of the blue. No context whatsoever. She doesn't follow up with anything. Just how a meaningless life can make you truly happy. So I'm kind of like, huh, what does she think is going on around here? Exactly. Couple of lines from the article. Purpose and meaning are not inherently bad things. So often when we feel despair, our instinct is to escape through the self-soothing comforts of personal purpose and meaning. We look for evidence that we matter, that it will be okay. Like, I don't know if she's coming over to see the baby or to see the dog and she's like seeing that laundry's not getting done regularly or that like I'm leaving the oatmeal bowl out for too long. But like life's good, full of meaning over here. And maybe I need to... Maybe I need to do a better job um, packaging the messaging, if you will. Chris, when you see me talk to me, do you see a guy lacking meaning or drive or motivation or purpose? Because apparently that's the vibe I'm giving off to my family. Oh, I think you have too many purposes. Mm. So she's saying subtract. Well, is that what she's saying? how a meaningless life can make you truly happy. Well, I think she's probably selling you on leaving the podcast. Oh, I'm all ears now. (laughs) I just, that would be a jarring thing to get from a family member, um, you know, without any context. Yeah. Well, instead of picking up the phone and calling her, I'll, I'll speak to her through the pod, just saying that everything's 
groovy at present. We're good. Like, like I think we're in the sweet spot of meaning at the moment when it comes to my life. We're going to ugly Ryan Rosillo, my house guest this past weekend, had him out to Montana. But as you know, there was a forest fire and, you know, a forest fire is like being down seven, nothing after the opening kickoff, like, you know, the first play of the game, you're behind the eight ball. And I didn't do much to help improve the outcome in any other phases of the game. And Ryan had a tough trip. So my ugly was Ryan Rosillo's trip, you know, for the guy to leave his home in Manhattan beach, where he spends all his time, mostly by himself, creating content, writing books and scripts and that sort of thing and interact with other human beings. And for it to be that, I don't know that he's ever going to come, come back or leave his house again. And I'm worried. There's a real negative reinforcement when it comes to him leaving his house. A couple of things, an unforgettable trip. And I think that's what we're after ultimately is unforgettable memories, you know, won't soon forget this one. And as Ryan has told me many times, life's a little better at the lake. So <laughs> I think even if there is a fire bearing down on you, he still was, he was at his happy place. That's what matters. We'll have Ryan on and talk some NBA um, because we're, we're, we're saving the football. I mean, we know we just talked a little bit of football, but there's going to be plenty of football to talk here soon. I know that some podcasts kind of do gear around, like they'll tell you that like uh, Marty Mornwig stubbed his toe or the Brandon Sheriff's debit card got declined. Like, I don't care. Okay. I'm not going to be the football show that pretends that we have to talk about football all year. And I'm also not going to be one of these guys. Ryan brought up a great point that I think we've talked about the, uh, on this show. I'm not going to be one of those guys. that's like one more Sunday till NFL football. Like, all right, got it. We all like football and it's coming. Like, can I just enjoy my life until then? So we're going to talk basketball today. We'll talk some football Friday. Uh, you'll get plenty of that Friday and thereafter. But today we get Ryan Rosillo. We get the worst trip uh, and we get some basketball. So after Ryan, uh, you guys can turn this shit off. Debt, D-E-B-T, the B is silent. Debt can feel crippling, but Upstart can help you on your path to financial freedom. Upstart is the fast and easy way to pay off your debt with a personal loan all online. Whether it's paying off credit cards, consolidating high-interest debt, or funding personal expenses, over half a million people have used Upstart to get one fixed monthly payment. Upstart knows you're more than just your credit score and is expanding access to affordable credit. Unlike other lenders, Upstart considers your income and current employment to find you a smarter rate for your loan. With a five-minute online rate check, you can see your rate upfront for loans between $1,000 and $50,000. You can receive funds as fast as one business day after accepting your loan. Find out how Upstart can lower your monthly payments today when you go to upstart.com greenlight. That's upstart.com greenlight. Don't forget to use our URL to let them know we sent you. Loan amounts will be determined based on your credit, income, and certain other information provided in your loan application. Go to upstart.com slash greenlight. All right. So his first appearance in, uh, in the ugly section of the open. No, Ryan not so- true. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's not true. I've put Ryan in the ugly section once before. Jog my memory. I don't recall. I just remember he's been here before. 
<laughs> wait, wait. So I, that's fine. It sounds like Megan doesn't want to bring it up. I don't know what it was, but we'll, we'll keep, we all improve as people. We'll keep moving. Chris, you asking me about the ugly part because we're going to try to recap what this vacation was for me. Well, it was, it was, it was objectively ugly. Our friendship made it, made it work. But like, if it were any other house guest, I would have had a hard time because I just don't, maybe I'm wrong here, but I feel like you're one of those guests that needs nothing, including like a good time. Yeah, I don't. I think I'm pretty, um, you know, I've been by myself for a while now, so I'm not so, I'm not so, uh, dependent upon anybody else. So I guess that can make me lonely, but also a good house guest. And, you know, as you get a little bit older, you don't want to be one of those guys that like never takes his plate away or just thinks like some people are there to like, you know, you're not there to cater to me. And I left one of the days anyway, to go to Missoula to go fishing and get all outfitted. And then, uh, it was so hot. The fishing wasn't great, but I think the headline is the fire navigating, what we ended up seeing and you know how that night went because it's one of those deals where like if we describe everything that happens over these these couple days in just a very short amount of time people are gonna be like that's one of the worst vacations weekend trips i've ever heard of yeah and, and I, uh, I hate being responsible it for it and i hate the fact that like you are such a great guest i mean you clean up you help the kids like you do all types of impromptu tasks around the house that actually kind of put the fire under my ass to look more useful as like the man of the house but like you're one of those guests that if there's anybody that deserves to sit through a forest fire, it's not you. And that's exactly what you got this weekend. You showed up, you got a camper that didn't have AC. We had trouble, uh, hooking up the camper. Your first night you slept on the couch, you went fishing, you didn't catch anything. We'll get to that. And then the main event was obviously the raging forest fire at, uh, 1am on the, on the way home from our big bar night. So where do you want to start recapping this terrible weekend? Okay. Well, the first deal is I get in late, a couple delays. If we just want to add to it, grab the rental car and I land in Missoula and I'm like, it's 99 degrees in Missoula at seven 30 at night. Like what the hell is going on? And then I didn't pick up on how bad the fire situation is. So just to get this one out of the way, um, I'm not going to complain about heat and fires when people are losing their house. I'm not going to complain about rain, which was needed when people were losing their houses on the lake. So we'll just get that one out of the way. I'm not going to be a selfish prick about it um, and worry about a couple of days when, when there was some really bad stuff happening, but um, get in and then there's a camper that's supposed to be set up and it was, Chris was nice enough to put it down on the water. The only problem was there was no power and it was so hot. Like you go in there and it was even hotter. So Chris was like, you can't sleep in there. So I slept on a couch but it was after we had spent an hour towing it to different positions and trying to get it on the ball, which it was fighting us the whole time. It only got under the hitch, I think, once out of the three times we tried it. And then we're backing up stuff in the woods, and it was pitch dark. And I'm thinking, like, hey, it's midnight. Like, I could probably just, just shut it down on the couch for tonight, and we'll, we'll do some of this maintenance stuff in the morning. Why the camper? Is it because there's not a lot of footage, or did Ryan want to have that camper experience? No, and here's the deal. I don't want, and I don't want to make Ryan seem like a lesser than guest, but you know, last week we had Lane out. Lane had a 26 foot Arctic wolf camper because I think of him as a bit of a high maintenance guest. I mean, he's relatively more high maintenance. Lane want burger. Chris drive Lane and boat to burger. Like that's the type of guest Lane is. Like you know what I mean? We we put eggs on the table for Lane. And we're like, Hey, here's some eggs and all the ingredients you need to make yourself some breakfast. And he's like, Lane, no cook breakfast, you know, like, so we had to hook Lane up this week. It was tough. There was, I guess, a big surge of, of campers in States. So there weren't as many people, 
who were renting their campers out and house 1300 square feet, literally no room for uncle Ryan. So we pull the camper out and usually we think like Ryan's outdoorsy. He might write a fucking book in there. He might write a movie script. He might get his John crack hour on by the lake. Typical me trying to do too much, trying to move him down to the lake. And it cost him a night of, of air conditioning. And that was a bad start to the, the trip. I'll admit that. That's where I made the wrong decision. And Mother Nature took it from there. So that was an ominous start to the proceedings. But then, you know, got up early, watched some Paw Patrol with Waylon, Luke. And then I went down to Missoula and fished. And by the time I got in the water, it was so hot. I didn't actually even see any fish for two hours. Um, like not one fish, which is pretty crazy. Cause usually I'll at least see them, even if I'm not good enough to, to figure out what, what to do to catch them. Um, but I have caught fish on my own. And you do the whole uh, river runs through fish. it outfit. You have the whole fly rod and the whole thing. Like you actually know what you're doing. I'm okay. Yeah, I'm okay. And I was really proud of myself that day because of the patience part of it, because I had like a loop to loop thing on the leader. And I was like, do I really know what I'm doing? And it's not, or do I think I know what I'm doing? Or is this going to fall apart? And I was like, look, relax. And nothing gets tangled faster. Whatever laws of physics exist, fishing line defies all of them. I mean, it's, it's amazing to think how screwed up a line can get with just one bad move. It's, I, it's unlike anything I've ever seen. So anyway, I get out the water. But the whole time, man, I was just happy. Honestly, I was just happy that I was in the water. I'm at the Blackfoot, you know, and you're just looking around going, whatever. All right, I'm not, I'm not killing it today on the fish count, but I'm yeah, just not killing it. Had, had Chris's five-year-old wake me up at 7.20 in the morning. I went out in the, you know, in the hallway to avoid my two-year-old uh, ambushing Ryan, who was sleeping on the couch in our 1,300-square-foot house here, and uh, discovered that Waylon was out there with his favorite uncle, um, just peppering him with questions. So that's how your day started, and by 1 p.m., you're already striking out on the Blackfoot. Yeah. Right. So made it, made it back up. And then, you know, we were like, all right, let's, we went over to see the parents. And then we knew that the fire was starting to happen on the other side of Flathead on that side of the, the highway, which is you go up the East side uh, for those listening. And then we knew, and seriously, one of my favorite things to do, I didn't need to go out all the time. I just like one night with the dive bars in these lake towns. It's probably my favorite. If you were say like, Hey, if you could have one night out, what would you want to do? And I'd be like, I'd love to just to hop around to these little like hole in the wall spots. You know, that's, that's what I would like to do. And so Chris and I did it a couple of years ago, went up to big fork to a garden bar, which is legendary. And then we, um, that was the goal. So we stopped. Back, wait, back it up, back there. it up though. Back it up. The garden bar is not a dive. No, it isn't. It's an, an event. It's an event. And and by the way, the event never disappoints. We had run into a college football player two years ago. Uh, this is pre pandy, the summer before the pandy Ryan and I were out at the garden bar and saw a college football player beat up a 50 year old guy, like right in the bar. And what happened? The 50 -year -old Ryan? It just, started it by the way. Yeah. It wasn't the college football player's fault, but the college football player right. finished it. And he was a smaller guy, like a special teams type guy. Anyways, one thing that struck Ryan about the situation was after the fight concluded, everybody just sat back down and continued their night. Yeah. No one stopped anything. No one got thrown out. Like guys squared up, punched the hell out of each other. And it happened so fast and it was over that fast that everybody just kind of went back to whatever they were doing. It was, and the key, the key like point here, the key point here is that yeah. the other night we get a tap on the shoulder sitting at the bar at the garden bar and our buddies there again. <laughs> 
<laughs> same yeah, kid. Yeah, the same football player. He was like, it's great to see you guys here again. And I was like, no, it's great. We were just talking about you. It's really funny. Literally then, just talking about him. Right. And by the way, we should include this. As we were driving up on that side of the highway, we started to see the fire pick up. But it looked smaller, and it was concentrated. And it was like, oh, man, that thing's picking up a little bit. But it might just look worse because it's at night versus seeing some of the smoke line during the day and then seeing you know different pockets of it picking up. So that's a little, that's a little precursor to what happened later. So we were like looking at it being like, man, wow, that thing's picking up a little bit. So we get also, about, we, we, we did the responsible know. thing and we thought about it, Ryan, we thought about go, not going to the bar. We did, we did, but we went to the bar. And so Chris and I are there tank topped out with another friend, great time, really, really fun. And then we got the bat phone call, which Chris, probably you jump in here now. Yeah, no. Well, I got a call from my lovely wife. Megan said the power has been cut here on the point um, where we live. And so at that juncture, I have two choices. Continue and enjoy our wonderful night at the garden bar for another hour and let my family um, light candles um, and do this thing like revolutionary time style until dad and Uncle Ryan get home. Uh, or we could hightail at home and hope to beat the checkpoints, which are almost undoubtedly set up along the East Shore Highway, uh, which would prohibit us from returning to our home. Uh, so we got in the car. Luckily, we had a driver. We're very safe people. Uh, and we hightailed it back down south towards our house because we we're going to save the day and we were going to be the responsible ones that came home. I was probably going to get a hug at the door. Thank you for coming home from the bar when you heard that our power was out and there was a giant forest fire bearing down on the point. We get in the car and, uh, and Ryan and our other buddy are, as only three drunk guys could do, assuring each other that we've made the right decision. Uh, Chris, you did the right thing. We're doing the right thing. You really should go home as if the alternative of staying 30 minutes longer at the, the bar in the midst of a forest, yeah. forest fire was even a viable option. <laughs> the forest fire is not funny. I'm listen. I, I said it before. No, Ryan, no. I'm, I'm super depressed about it. In fact, we're, we've already evacuated at this point and, um, and we're leaving the state. But at this point, three drunk guys get stopped 30 minutes in our drive, 10 minutes from the house. And we realized we have to turn around and go all the way around the lake, which is the largest freshwater lake uh, west of the Mississippi, natural freshwater lake. Um, so it's a 25 mile lake. It's, I believe, 15 miles wide at certain points. It's usually about five miles wide. We're going to be in the car for about another two and a half hours. Now, I made a really good decision before we left, which was to fill a Yeti cooler. So we have our Yeti cooler. There's three dudes in a car and we've got about two and a half hours to go. And as we are cruising around the other side of the lake, it's pitch black. Okay. I've never been on this side of the lake in 30 years up here. I've never driven this side of the lake. So I don't know where we are. The only thing I can see is what looks like Mordor. If you know, Lord of the Rings about maybe 10 miles away on the other side of the lake. And we're just tracking it. And this thing looks huge. There are trees exploding. It looks like hot lava is running down the hill. I know there's no hot lava, but it's that whole vibe. Was it not the eeriest thing you've ever seen, Ryan, on the ride back? Yeah, it was weird. I mean, I've never seen anything like that, um, especially as we started getting closer to coming around the, the east side at the bottom to then get back to your house. Um, because, you know, for those that understand, like, it's still the fire was so far away from where you're area was but there was a worst case scenario where it could cut off like an entry point it had jumped the road 
It had jumped the road. It had like, jumped the road on that side, but yeah. I meant like entry point into where we would have been going. It was still far north of that. So we went dueling songs, and then we get to a checkpoint, and then they're like, no. And you're like, all right, now, now you feel terrible. And then, you know, you explain the situation, and they're like, all right, you know, we got we to gotta get back to the house, get back to the house. So get back to the house and, um, you know, pack up and uh, sleep for a little bit and then, you know, check out all the news and then, and then evacuate and get out of there. So, yeah, it was, it was, it was was a fast and a furious two, three days for Ryan. Um, like I said, awful, awful host, um, hosting on my part, but also, um, the forest fires didn't do us any favors and I can't control that. Um, go ahead, make you look like you have some questions. Well, I just want to ask you, Chris, I guess about our 25 years of friendship and the closest I've ever gotten to an invitation to Montana is you should really come out one year. And me, I'm thinking I'm a pretty low maintenance guy. I I like being on my own just as much as the next or just as much as a Rosillo. Why Rosillo and and why the repeat invitation and one's not coming my way? This is textbook you to martyr yourself with regards to a, an invitation to a place that you have no interest in coming. That's not true. All right. Next year. Okay. Okay. But how would you compare? Will you commit to coming to Montana next year? Yes. Done. Okay. Done. Yes. All right. And if you don't come to Montana, what's the penalty? Uh, Banned for life. Yeah. Banned for life. There. Half half your green light pod salary. Now, <laughs> not making much of a dent there. Now, okay. the, I can't believe Macon immediately turned the fire story into how come I'm not invited pay pay dispute within. You don't listen minutes. to this podcast, obviously. It was, but I was just happy to be back in Montana. And honestly, Jackson Hole went way worse than this. So, give us the best uh, kid quote from the weekend. Easy. I don't know who programmed your two-year-old Luke. Um, he's un- I mean, look, obviously Waylon, I'm a, I'm a little biased because I've known Waylon longer and that's kind of my dude, but Luke is coming into this, this phase of like observation that is so weird. It's so funny um, how smart he is and these little things it'll do. And we've been talking about Yellowstone and both Chris and Meg are not fans of the storylines at all. And then I've, it's made me revisit some of it a little bit. And I think they, they're closer that it is kind of like one of those eighties night soap operas that I grew up with uh, as a kid. Although my parents never watched that stuff. And most parents did. And then we'd be like, Luke, what's, what do you think of Yellowstone? And he's like, it's trash. It's he knows, trash. He knows it's trash. He knows it's trash, bro. I, how many times I had to tell you three times it's trash. This is a two-year-old kid. Hey, I did not coach him to say that either. He just knows. Rye. I think he's being a little hard on it, but, you know, he likes likes what he likes. Hey, Rye, let's talk some NBA. I know Macon did a a big board the other day, so we definitely jumped in. We dove into the the NBA content headfirst over here at the Greenlight Pod. Uh, Make any questions in the aftermath of the draft? Do you think or do you not think that Alshin Goon will win two MVPs? Two is high. <laughs> Two teams high. Um, he was a Turkish MVP. It's a really good league. And to do it at that age is pretty impressive. I mean, he's a really skilled, skilled offensive player. I worry about where this league is going and which kind of big guys you can keep out there defensively. 
which is why I probably dropped. Um, Cause I don't think he's a great athlete by any means. And I look at even some of these guys that are really good athletes and they still get played off the floor to close playoff games. But again, as I say all this stuff out loud, like who cares, right? Like, if you're drafting a player and you're Houston, I don't think you'd be like, okay, but can we play him in the Western conference finals? You know, like, all right, maybe you worry about that in a couple of years and not right now, but he's really, really talented. You know what I did find funny though, watching him for, uh, you know, the breakdowns that I do, he complains so much. I can't wait. I can't wait. Cause it used to be that you had to be like the best guy in the team to complain, to get time with the ref. And then other than that, the rest wouldn't really talk to you that much. And then, I don't know what happened last 10 years or so it's exploded where everybody, I mean, you can be like a G leaguer and start sitting there feeling like you need an audience. You deserve an audience with the officials after a time you drove to the hoop and somebody may have brushed into your hip, but Singoon complains um, a lot, but he's a really good prospect. He is, he is. It'll just be a matter of how can he stay on the floor? Like if he's going to be really good, how can he be passable defensively? Um, you know, can the offense be so good that whatever he's limited with defensively, that it still offsets? I mean, that's kind of what, what Jokic is. I mean, Jokic is pretty bad defensively, but his offense is like off the charts. The guy wins an MVP. So there you go. There's your model. Magic gets Suggs and Wagner. That's sick. But do you think Suggs was sitting there thinking about Toronto for a few months and then is like, whew, Orlando? Like, Yeah, I, I actually think like, Orlando might be better for him because I think he can come over, come in and take over. You know, some of the guards are okay, but I think they know that this is a whole different level with what Suggs potentially could be. And this can be like his team from day one. And with Toronto, you know, Van Vliet's there, Siakam's pretty good. Um, and Toronto's a better team than a team that ended up in the fourth pick. Um, you know, they had all sorts of problems. They had a stretch there where it's like they couldn't they couldn't get anything done. They didn't have people healthy. They were missing their coaching staff. So it's up, you know, really, I mean, I don't know what his deal is with the city. He's from, what, Minnesota, I think. So yep. maybe he wanted to go to Toronto a little bit more. I mean, from a competitive standpoint, making you're right. Like, okay, hey, you know, I thought I was going to go to Toronto, better organization the last few years. I'm ready to go. But there's a part of me that almost thinks, in a weird way, he can make that his own in Orlando. And if he's the guy that I think we think he is based on his personality and the way he, he just attacked this year and his whole mentality is everything you'd want in an athlete. Uh, if he really is that guy, um, they're going to lose some games, but he can kind of make that his own in a way he couldn't in Toronto. So I think there's a positive angle on it too. Did you have Primo going 12, Rye? I did not have Primo going 12. I was surprised. A lot of people were surprised. Of when he was first being mentioned as a first rounder, which I think was still a couple weeks out, he was kind of like one of these late, like, hey, look who's showing up in the first round, a lot of mocks. Um, there was one SEC guy that I talked with who was like, dude, he might not be one of the 20 best players in the SEC. So that surprised some people. Yes, I know he's really young. Yes, I know he measured really long. He basically hit a couple threes, and they always have like one play where you're like, whoa, that was kind of weird, whatever he did there. So, you know, maybe the Spurs did get this one right, but it just seems really high. Nobody had him going there. Uh, they did a good job of that. I, I never heard that once. I thought that they'd probably be able to trade down a little bit, but then there's a thought that maybe somebody else was interested, and that's why they just went ahead and did it. I actually don't blame teams like, ooh, we can take him at 19, but we can't take him at 12. Like, oh my God, it's the end of the world. You know, we took a guy, we took a guy seven spots higher than the experts had him. You know, if you like the guy, go ahead and take him. That one just felt like the guys that have watched SEC basketball all year were like, yeah, I don't know what they see there. So it's not just people reacting to the mock. I think it's 
a lot of guys that actually watched Bama this year and all those talented SEC players. And like, wait, that's the guy you wanted out of the SEC, considering all the other guys that were available. So that surprised some people. Do you feel like uh, Fournier to New York is flying under the radar? I, I just feel like this should be a bigger deal. This is the guy we've been waiting for as Knicks fans. <laughs> I think it's, I think wherever it is on the radar probably is about where it should be. Um, you know, he's a good player, but I think in Boston, it felt like, you know, he, he regressed where you're like, wait, are you one of those guys that can kind of fill it up on a bad team with no pressure all the time? But you know, the other problem with cap space is you have to use it and everybody wants one of those awesome players. And if you don't have anyone in place already, I mean, there's no one on the Knicks where you think, Oh, I have to play with this guy. I mean, Julius Randle's terrific this year, but he's not some of the other stars are like, man, if it would, I don't think Damian Lillard's going, man, if it was me and Julius Randle, look out. That's not what's happened. So what's the Mendoza line for like a magnet player? Um, like, like who who's on the bottom end of a player that could actually attract other free agents? No, it's a really good question. Jay, Butt. and Jimmy Butler. Yeah. Yeah. That, that might be it. You know, cause if you run through all the top guys, yeah, of course you want to play with Steph. I mean, guys still want to play with Harden. Guys actually still want to play with Westbrook, which blows my mind. Um, you know, AD, Durant, we'll see what happens here with Doncic. Um, you know, we'll find out more as, as the money starts to thin around him, um, which isn't anytime soon. But, uh, yeah, Jimmy Butler, I think that's actually a really good answer. I was going to throw in the Boston guys, too, like Tatum. Like, I can imagine Tatum being somebody somebody one day wants to go ahead and play with. Uh, that'd probably be more of an answer if it weren't in Boston, because Boston's just not a destination for NBA guys. Uh, it, he's it, not it there yet. Forever. He's not there yet, Ryan. He, do, he doesn't yeah, attract attention is, that way. I think he is as a player. Yeah, I think he is as a player. Like, I'd rather have Tatum than Jimmy Butler at this point. Right, um, right. But I, I think location probably would impact. Look, Kyrie didn't want to be there. They could have traded for Anthony Davis. He was going to leave after a year. You know, for the Celtics fans to get mad about them not going all in with assets and getting these guys, it's like, well, what's the point of getting somebody for one year? Yes, it worked for Toronto. If that's your model, hope the other team's best players are hurt and then we win a title and then you know we're reinventing ourselves the next year like a title's a title but that's not a really stable plan blueprint to want to follow so i i'm with you guys yeah i do think tatum's on that list i think that's probably kind of where the cutoff like if drew holiday were on the pelicans by himself no one really cares you know if you know, Beal, like even Beal, who's a good player, right, right. who's the star that's like, I definitely want to, like, let's get this Wizards thing going again. I, that's like <laughs> Get the Wizards thing going. What, um, the Lakers thing, which is always going, uh, how does this chapter of uh, Lakers musical chairs end? I, uh, I like the deal for the regular season energy, you know, fix. Like Russell Westbrook's like a cup of coffee for the Lakers. It's going to last all regular season. You know, it really is. And apparently the heel deal, depending on who you believe, you know, and I, there's a lot of people that all have the same story. So it seems as if it was somewhat believable that the heel deal was available all week. And then all of a sudden, like LeBron wanted Westbrook instead. So that's what the Lakers went ahead and did. What I, what surprises me a little bit is like, would you want, if you were a basketball player and you have a couple more shots at it and you're LeBron, would you, care about tr of your friendship would friendship trump basketball fit because you know this is so predictable too like they'll start the season they'll be like a second game in they'll play somebody else and like you know russell have 30 lebron will have 
25 and 15, 80 will pitch in. All three guys will have it going at a different time. And then, you know, the TV shows the next day will say like, oh, I thought people said this wasn't a good fit. You're like, all right, yeah, you guys, you know, you smoke San Antonio on a Tuesday. Like, I get it. Like, it's going to happen at times. And they're going to have a really good record. But I've seen too much Westbrook as far as his instincts. I think they always come from the right place, but he never he never has fixed any of that stuff. The bad shots, and more importantly, the defensive gambles that, I mean, he'll have stretches in a close game where you'll see some of the decisions that he makes defensively, and you can't believe he's still doing it. And for those that think, like, oh, LeBron will hold him accountable, he's not changing any of this stuff. There's a reason why this guy never gets out of the first round. I mean, he's played with how many all-stars? Like seven or eight here in a very short amount of time. And they all seem to divorce at some point. So you can like him. You can like his personality. You want him to hang out, which is apparently like what LeBron wanted to do. But I'm surprised that LeBron, the basketball player here, thought that friendship mattered a little bit more than playoff basketball fit. Regular season fit, I see it kind of paying off because of some of those intangibles. Right. But when it comes down to, hey, I need more space or stay locked in defensively, don't miss rotations, don't freelance, don't leave a guy and come to double at an, on a long two and then it leaves the baseline cut wide open because the other side didn't think there was any way you were going to help off of a baseline cutter. Like There's just all the stuff that I see with him where when I hear people that don't ever want to point it out or deny that it happens, I'm just like, all right, I guess, you know, I guess we watch basketball differently. Well, it's hard because as fans, you're just like, oh, that guy plays super hard. How could I not like everything about his game? I mean, well, I mean, you, you've highlighted a lot of reasons why it might not work. Um, you've got Chris Paul, uh, who is maybe your favorite player of all time. How many weeks did it take for you to feel good about talking about Chris Paul after the finals? <laughs> I'm, okay. I'm okay with it. I mean, game he did four seem lost. okay for people at home. He was fine on vacation. Yeah. Um, I, I'm, um, you know, I think there's a certain age you get to, especially when you don't play a sport professionally, um, where, you know, I think it, if I had showed up kind of bummed out and your, your father, or your wife were like, Hey, is Ryan all right? Like, yeah. Chris Paul, that game for us, kind of so, you know, like that wouldn't be something I would want in my personal resume. I yeah. can be happy or, you know, unhappy for different reasons. And when it comes to sports at this stage of my life, you know, I'm, I'm still, I'm a little numb to it. I would have loved him when it will ring, um, but I'll, I'll be okay. And he'll be okay too. So uh, I think he ends up back with Phoenix. I, I really think that that's, the best basketball fit for him too, but I would never underestimate Robert Sarver, the owner there, you know, trying to, trying to like having some point of drama, but my, my educated guess, like I just can't fathom Paul would want to start over again with somebody else. I mean, this is like a weird thing that we have going on here right now. And I don't know what the argument is, but if you want to make an anti Westbrook argument, um, and clearly I prefer Chris Paul's approach to basketball more than Westbrook's, but, like Westbrook will be on four teams in four years, kind of in his prime or just past the very, very peak of his prime. Like, what does that say? I mean, he's a Hall of Famer, MVP, and he's going to be on his fourth team here. And then I'll look at Chris Paul and be like, well, you love Chris Paul. And he's, he's on the, the cusp of maybe the same thing happening. I'm like, well, one, I don't really think he's going to leave Phoenix. I'd be surprised at this point. Um, and then it's like he actually was, he was part of the Westbrook story where, he was involved in these trades because Houston actually thought they were upgrading by getting rid of Paul, but Paul didn't want to play with Harden anymore anyway. But it is kind of funny that we've had these two contemporaries end up on this many teams. They're both Hall of Famers. Russ hit another level with the MVP. I like Paul better. 
and yet I'd use one guy moving on as an argument against him and then seeing um, three teams in three years and potentially a fourth if Paul were to leave, I'd be like, yeah, but that's different. And I do think it's different, but I, I just think it's one of those things where we can kind of talk ourselves in and out of contradictions. We're going to let you get to your flight in a second here so you get the hell out of the worst trip you've ever taken. But um, Second worst. Second Second worst. What was the first one again? Uh, it's Google it. Oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> I almost pulled somebody else's camper down here and just parked it right where his camper was. See what happened. <laughs> well, it's the key. It's the key work on that camper too. It's the key work done exactly. That's the thing. Anytime this gets brought up, I like to remind people: if your key worked on a neighbor's um, door at uh, at a resort, it's you not even come. a neighbor, the hotel. It's the hotel. hotel. I mean, it, it, um, it, it turned in. I was just randomly walking around Jackson Hole, breaking into houses left and right. You're like, yeah, yeah, but that that was what played. That was the narrative that played. Yeah, hey, I uh, like that part of it. So Kawhi Leonard put this thing into perspective with him kind of going behind Russ's back and wanting Paul George more. And what, what, what the hell happened today? What are we talking about? Yeah. Ramona Shelburne had that tidbit in there um, about Westbrook reaching out to Kawhi being like, Hey, if you're going to this Clippers deal, maybe, maybe I'll jump in with you. And then it turned into apparently Kawhi calling Paul George was like, Hey, look, don't get left behind. I'd rather play with you. Then Paul George balanced. Paul George is a very, very impressionable person. Paul George is the guy that I I feel like, you know, like there's a kid on the bus sometimes. You're like, lions can fly, dude. And then that kid like goes home and tells his dad, he's like, I hey, <laughs> heard lions can fly. And the dad's like, no, they're not. I mean, I think that happened to me a few times when I was like a little kid. Um, but Paul, I think, is very impressionable as a basketball guy. And it's like, hey, you know, do you want to do this? Like, think about that. He was going to go team up with LeBron. And he decided to stay with Westbrook. And then I, I love that too. It's like, man, he really likes fishing. I'm like, all right. Like you like it that much. And then a year later, he's already like, all right, I'm out of here. And he, the only reason he stayed the first time around is because like Oklahoma city threw a party for him. And he really liked Westbrook that much and everything was good. Right. They stuck it out and it was like, no, nah, no, I'm leaving. Like I'm staying here. I'm not going back to LA, even though I told the Pacers when I wanted to leave, Hey, I'm not resigning here. You might as well trade me because I'm going to sign with the Lakers. And then none of that stuff happens. And then he talks to Kawhi and was like, all right, I'm going to go. And now I know for a fact that Kawhi, I don't know how this plays into this story, but, but Kawhi was even open to the idea like, well, if the Clippers can't trade for you, maybe I'd go to Toronto with you. Like he just, Kawhi was trying to find a guy that would go with him anywhere, which has always been LeBron's deal. Like, Hey, I may move around, but I'm not going to do this stuff by myself, which is again, why it was kind of weird that first year, at least LeBron ended up in LA without anybody there. You know, he was almost there a year before the rest of the plan was going to take over. So Kawhi deciding actually don't want to play with Russ is not surprising at all. Um, which is kind of a funny argument about like Kawhi versus LeBron as GMs. Um, but him opting out, I think has more to do with, there's just so many people that have a hard time believing he's leaving the Clippers. So being right. in LA, I think I hear about it more. Um, and this, these are the times where I kind of defer to Woj. I have a hard time believing Woj would put something out there that, like he said multiple times, there's been no inclination. There's no, there's no thought that he's going to bounce. That makes me think that, you know, some people think the deal's already been done. So he opted out so that he'd get a new extension in the raise instead of just keeping the option year and then coming back after the ACL. I mean, that's good money when you can have a blown ACL and turn down like 30 something million and get a raise 
on a new deal and you already know it's going to happen. So, I mean, look, if he wanted to, he'd get max money from everybody. They wouldn't care. He's that special of a player. But there may be this understanding that he was always going to get this new extension with them. But again, with Kawhi, uh, I hate to ever assume anything because his circle his circle is the tightest circle ever. Like people never really quite know. And this guy we've learned too, man, it's kind of funny. Like he's the ultimate spur, quiet, just happy to be there. And they're like, no, this guy's like a killer, whether it's on or off the court. Like he just was like, no, I'm worried about me and I'm just going to do my own thing. And that's what he does. Rye, we'll get you out of here. Uh, Dan Patrick interview was excellent. Everyone go check it out. I've really appreciated your getting on Simmons more about his pronunciations. I've got one for you. His nephew's last name, his wife's maiden name, is Crichton, not Creighton. Kyle? That's right. And do you hear how Bill says it every single time? Bill knows there's some pronunciation issues. With his in-laws? No, he knows. We've talked about it. Bill knows. Like, Malik Monk was a weird one there for a while. And, and I, know, I know that bothers me. How does he say me. it, Mike? How does he say it? He does say mock. No, that's one I texted Ryan about. It's mock. Okay. Every time it's mock. Yeah, we've had a couple others, and he knows. He just knows. Like, there's a couple guys he just never. So, yeah, I guess I guess you're right. I hadn't really thought of it that way. <laughs> okay. I'll see. Yeah. We'll, <laughs> we'll see what the minutes are in the next meeting. Okay. okay. Don't bring it up. Okay. All right, Ryan, escape, dude. Escape from, from, uh, from Flathead Lake. Hey, thanks for uh, everything, and, and seriously, like just getting to be in Montana, be outside. It, it was, it was, it was enough, even you know, despite everything that went on. And uh, you know, that's I really mean this though. Like when you're seeing it and seeing how bad it could be, the last thing I'm going to do is complain about a vacation when you know that oh. fire had potential to be far worse. So hey. I just want to make that point very clear. And even on its worst day, it's not Sepulveda Boulevard. Nope. And I know it's funny because people think I'm a complainer, and I'm, I'm really not. I'm not a complainer. I, I just go, all right, adjust. Best house adjust. guest of all I'd time. Great. Yeah. Best, no, I'd be an unbelievable. I always felt like that would have been something that would have been great as a teammate. I'd be like, hey, all right, guys, we know the deal. Like, fucking shut up. Let's fucking go. Like, do you want to win or do you want to lose? Do you want to worry you about would, stuff? You would have been a good teammate. You would, yes. 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 I'm not going to push yeah. back on that. Ryan Rosillo, Hall of Fame house guest. Uh, and and uncle to my children. Thank you, Ryan. Yeah, I just wish the the playing the other stuff worked out so I could have shown off those teammate skills. But, you know, we all have our own path. Thank you. 